and it's not easy, you know, for those that are tuned in, it's not easy to be an independent artist because you, you're responsible for everything. Everything. The, the videos, the, 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 the studio, the paying the artists, I mean, the paying the producers and, you know, you're going on tour, you need, you know, your tour bus, your tour route, and putting the shows together, like your marketing, your branding, everything, you know, you're responsible for. So, you know, it's cool to go the indie route, but make sure yet that you're, that you're ready and you're willing and able to invest in yourself because it's going to take quite, you know, amount of finances and a certain workload and hustle in order for you to accomplish it as a, as a indie artist. Amadeus is the CEO of Platinum Boy Music Incorporated. He's a multi-platinum bad boy hitman record producer and Trey Song's musical director and tour drummer. Amadeus was born Antoine Thompson and grew up in the Bronx, New York. His parents wanted to keep him out of trouble, so they invested in his interest in music by taking him to a local church in his neighborhood. He naturally took to the drums and ultimately became a drummer for the church, where he earned the privilege to use studio equipment and began producing music. By the year 2000, he had created his own production company, Platinum Boy Music, Inc. Amadeus has since produced for over 100 artists, ranging from Jennifer Lopez, French Montana, Trey Songs, Chris Brown, 50 Cent, Justin Bieber, Fabulous, T.I., Young Jeezy, Wale, and the list goes on. He's even produced and scored music for BET, VH1, Burger King, Sprite, EA Sports, and he created the last two theme songs for ESPN's first take show alongside Maybach Music Group artists Wale and Stali. His relentless work ethic has set him apart from many of his peers within the music industry. So let's learn how Amadeus became a multi-platinum music producer after these messages. Put yourself, put yourself on. What does that mean? Woo! The Hustlers How-To Guide to Self-Made Success. Hey, turn this up, fam. Turn up right now. Free smoke, free smoke, hey. Free smoke, free smoke. It's the bobbypan.com. That's cool. Thank you. It's your girl, Bobby Penn, and this is another episode of Put Yourself On Podcast. This time I have with me King Amadeus, music producer, extraordinaire, music director. How are you, King? Peace and blessings, Queen. All is well. God is good. Happy to be here. Congrats to you on your platform. Uh, excited to be on your platform. And we're here. You know, we've been talking about this for quite some time. You know, we were both in Las Vegas at one point, moving around, moving and shaking, and uh, we were trying to get the interview then. But we weren't able to, but we're here now, and I'm excited to be here. Why don't you go ahead and tell the people a little bit why you were there? It's funny that we're talking about that. I have the hat on right now um, to, to cover up this the fact that I don't have a haircut at the moment, let's say, for going on maybe three months now. Uh, so I just threw the hat on. You know, I got the, I got the Jay-Z dreads going there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, I am one of the resident uh, drummers at Dre's Nightclub. For those that are not aware or familiar with Dre's Nightclub, Dre's Nightclub is the number one hip hop club in Las Vegas, um, and they have many uh, you know artists that have residencies uh, residencies there. Of course, my brother, the artist that I play for and tour with for the last thirteen years, Trey Songs. Uh, they have Chris Brown, Fabulous, Fat Joe, uh, Big Sean, 
uh, Migos, and the list goes on and on. Um, so before the pandemic hit, of course, I would travel to uh, Las Vegas every weekend uh, to perform perform at Dre's nightclub uh, alongside my brother DJ Franzen, also uh, backing Trey songs, whatever nights and weekends uh, that he performed. Uh, but I would be on for every weekend, Monday, I mean, excuse me, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, fly back home to New York uh, on Monday. So that's why I was out at, at, in Las Vegas, but you, Queen, was out, you know, <laughs> doing amazing, great things, covering a lot of, a lot of dopeness out there, man. So shout out to you for being out there as well. But likewise, King, it, it takes one to know one. And I think your story is so amazing. So before, you know, you are just the man, you plugged in with everybody. Who was Amadeus as a little boy in the Bronx? And what was his dream with music? What was his attachment to music? Uh, you know, as you mentioned, I'm from the Bronx, 169th, Washington Avenue to be exact. They call my, my hood, my block, the nine. Um, and, you know, I just was a young kid that loved music. I loved music. I loved hip hop. I loved instrumentation. You know, my parents growing up uh, with music lovers and on Saturday night, Saturday, Saturday's period, um, it, would, it would be considered cleanup day. Uh, and during cleanup day, you know, I heard all type of different artists and genres of music. Isaac Hayes, Marvin Gaye, uh, Africa Bambada, you know, Melly Mel, Grandmaster Cass. So I heard everything. I just happened to fall in love with hip hop. Uh, fast forward, parents sent me to Catholic school all my life. Fourth grade, pick up the drumsticks for the first time in my life. Never knew that I had coordination. Never knew I had a thing for it. Sat down, played the same rhythm rhythm patterns that my teacher played. Immediately fell in love with it. Fast forward that, you know, 14, 15 years old. I'm like, man, I want to I wanna do something. I think I want to make beats. I think I want to become a producer. I already play drums. I already have the musicianship side of things. You know, if I could put that with production, man, I might be out of here. Made that decision. Uh, and here I am, fast forward, 19 years later, you know, producer for over 100 artists, touring the world with Trey songs for the last 13 years. So just, you know, young kid that loved hip hop, that worked hard, that believed in himself, uh, that never gave up, that worked extremely, 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 extremely hard. And, <laughs> and, and, and I'm here. Absolutely. We cannot overlook the hard work. But you do make it look so easy, Armadays. I'm just saying. <laughs> Listen, man, I think if, if I was to bring you here and you would sit sit down and watch me work, you know, nonstop for months, just for a week, just like, let's say Monday through Friday, you know, you'll be like, wow, because, you know, it's so much that goes into, you know, having a, a successful name, brand, movement, team. Um, when I started social media, the internet wasn't here uh, and now it's here. You know, there's a lot to it besides the studio production and, you know, the artist aspect of it. You know, there's the branding there's the marketing, there's the, you know, keeping people aware of what you're doing, what you've done, what you've created, you know? So it's, it's pretty tough, man, but I'm, I'm extremely passionate about it, music in general, and of course, learn to be passionate about the music industry and the business, uh, you know? So it's, it's, it's something that keeps me going, the passion for what, I, for what I do. Absolutely. So tell me how you went from um, an aspiring producer to landing your first placement. Who was your first placement? Like, what was that journey and that process like? Uh, my first placement, shout out to Foxy Brown, uh, was Foxy Brown. Um, she was signed to Def Jam, Def Jam at the time. Um, she was working on the uh, Cradle to the Grave movie and soundtrack, uh, which uh, featured Jet Li, Anthony Anderson, Gabrielle Union, uh, Dragon. Um, and it was a dope experience. You know, I met with her brother um, earlier 
uh, one evening at Interscope Records. He was the director of A&R Interscope Records. And I, the music that I played for him, the tracks that I played for him, didn't really fit the artist that he was working on at that particular time. Uh, but he's like, yo, I think you really be dope with my sister. And I'm like, who's your sister? He's like, Foxy Brown. I'm like, bro, ain't your sister. Like, you kidding me? I'm like, I'm a super duper fan of Foxy. And he's like, bro, she's going to be at Chung King Studio in the city at 7 o'clock. Pull up. I'm going to tell her you're going to come through. Played her exactly what you played me. He's like, I know she's going to love it. And, you know, that's how I went down. Went to the studio, Chung King in the city, uh, which was, you know, pretty much two or three blocks uh, south of uh, SOBs. Um, locked in, played those same beats. You know, she was real cool, real calm, real relaxed. You know, didn't really show a lot of uh, emotion at the moment. You know, I left the CD with her, got a call the next day. It was like, yo, she did two records to your beat. She did this one song called Get Off Me. Get Off Me was a diss record that she had going against uh, rapper Eve at the time. Mm-hmm. So that was one record. Then she had, you know, the record for uh, the Cradle to the Grave movie and soundtrack, which was actually the title song to the movie. So the name of the song is called Cradle to the Grave, you know, in parentheses, my life. So that was my first placement. Monumental experience, you know, the, the, the song played in the movie 26 Seconds. You see, I still remember this. Wow. Um, you know, I remember being in the movie theater, hearing the song, knowing that I created that song in my living room, you know, watching the credits roll at the end, seeing my name on the big screen, going to FYE, which is a CD and cassette yes, tape I store. Remember. You know what I'm saying? Getting the <laughs> CD, open up the CD, see my name on the credits. And that was how I first started. Um, and, you know, definitely a blessing, uh, but some pressure at the same time, because I said to myself, well, this is my first placement. This is the first. That's situation. major fresh out the gate. You know, fresh out the gate. You know, uh, let me see if I can show you real quick. Uh, you know, right here is, is the plaque from it. Uh, let, me move, let me move it around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the plaque right there for it. You know, my first placement, my gold gold plaque. Um, you know, the, the CD cassette, you know, because it was hard copies back then. It wasn't any um, streaming and stuff like that. So actual CDs, hardcover CDs, cassette tapes, 500,000 copies sold, you wow. know, first gold plaque. And it's like, you know, I had to kind of stand in the mirror and be like, all right, King, so you started off this way, you know, you set the bar pretty high, you know, so you got to, you you know, you only want, you always want to elevate, you always want to grow. So I challenge myself that anything that comes after this has to be as great as or bigger or, and not so much better, but greater than in regards to, you know, the level, you know, that you set. So that was my first placement. That's like amazing. And one of my previous episodes, I was talking to Zena Coda um, and we were talking about imposter syndrome. So I'm trying to figure out how um, I've, I've lived in the Bronx. I've lived all over New York for very short periods of time. And I know that um, the Bronx doesn't always have the same opportunity. So for someone coming from that environment, what made you so confident, right? Like, that's what I hear from your story is just, there was no question, right? Like, oh, you gonna, I, you want me to meet Foxy Brown? Like, sure, I'm going to just pull up. So, like, right. what was that moment like? And how did you step into that greatness to not miss that opportunity? You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I've been working so hard, man. And, you know, it, it was all of those moments that no one would see, right? And that would be me in my home and my house where I was living at at the time, just continuously making beats nonstop each and every single day I've lost you know, friends, I've lost girlfriends because I was so focused on the prize that it was the only thing that I wanted to be a part of. Like, I didn't want to date. I don't want to go out. I don't want to go to movies. I didn't want to go to the skate key. I didn't want to go to, you know, any bowling, all of the things that I should have been doing as a kid or as a teenager, as a youngin, you know, in regards to just enjoying myself, I didn't want to do. All I wanted to do was make music and make beats. And I knew 
that it would take that type of dedication and focusness in order to break through into the music industry, which I already knew was very hard to break into. Um, so that was a lot of the sacrifice that went into, you know, production period. So when that first situation came about, you know, it was it was just a blessing, man, and, and something that I would never forget and, and always be appreciative to because it was like someone recognizing my gift, which was her brother, Anton Marchand, and then Foxy, you know, recognizing my gift. I didn't have a name. I didn't have any placements. I didn't have no resume. It was just strictly me and my music, you know. So, you know, I think it was a blessing for her and her brother to give me an opportunity to be seen, to be heard, uh, and to take my song and my track beat that I created in my living room um, and to put it on, you know, this album, you know, Cradle to the Grave and in the movie, uh, and for that song to travel throughout the entire world was extremely a blessing. And it just showed you that, you know, which with hard work and dedication that anything can come true. You know what I mean? So definitely a humbling and grateful experience for me, uh, you know, coming into the game. Word. So, so talk to me, how did you level up from there? What was the next step? Like, all right, now I've got this platinum record. There's no denying that I'm good at what I do. So right. you do blank next. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it was Little Mo. Wow. If I'm not mistaken, it was Little Mo. Um, she uh, released an album called Meet the Girl Next Door. Um, and that featured, you know, the, uh, the record with her and Fab going blank of the record. I'm bugging right, excuse me, bugging right now. Um, but we, we did a record called Brand New. Uh, and I, I remember sampling the Stylistics actual song Brand New. Uh, so it was, it was a pretty much a remake of that. Um, and that was, again, you know, uh, the early part of my career, um, you know, wasn't a single or anything like that, but it went on that album. And I remember it, that album did really well. Uh, and that was kind of, if I'm not mistaken, the second, you know, placement after that, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Cameron, uh, with the Take Him to Church record when he was going back and forth with him and Mace. And they had their little, you know, beef going on. Um, so it was that. And then Mike Jones. Um, and then after that, I, I just, I just went off running. I just went off running and, and I, you know, I, I understood how important it was to network and connect with people, you know? So I was always out, out at industry events, industry parties, not so much for the, for the funness, but more to see who was in the room and who was in the building and, and individuals that I can connect with, whether it was an A&R, a manager, an artist, you know, someone that I know the that had the power to take my music and get it to where it need to be. Um, so that was kind of like what happened next after the whole Foxy Brown situation. And then I was able to use that one record and that one placement, which was hugely successful for them and for me to just use as, as a resume. What, 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 you know, any records you produce it? I'm like, yeah, I got, you know, the title record off the uh, Cradle to the Grave soundtrack. And it was definitely a movie that everyone knew, of course, back then, especially the music industry because it was uh, DMX you know, that was the star in regards to, you know, the musician and artist that was in that movie. So, you know, I definitely use that to my advantage. Wow. So, sorry, I'm skipping all around. So your passion was hip hop and you started working with hip hop artists first. Right. How did you transition into like production for R&B artists, Chris Brown, Trey Songs, et cetera? Because I right. picture like producers that make R&B and this is my limited assumption. But like I would expect like piano players or somebody that plays like a guitar. So right. explain how as a drummer you're able to I guess build your beats and specifically for R and B. Right. Um I've always had an ear and I and I I'm grateful to God for blessing me with just natural ability and raw talent. Of course I had to, 
you know, work on my craft. In other words, shooting the gym in order to get to where I met to build my talent to where it is today. But I just, you know, just really had a love and a respect and appreciation for musicianship. Um, so besides playing drums at my school, I was also, you know, and still am a musician at my church. Um, and that is kind of where I got all just music in general. Um, you know, so I would always incorporate those that are around me that I knew were dope. Yeah, I can't sit down and, and at a piano like a Alicia Keys or like a John Legend and play piano fluently and singing a song. But the ear that I have, I'm able to articulate whatever it is that I'm trying to get out musically. So I can hum it out, pluck it out until I get out that chord or that melody to create whatever track or what I want to add to that particular part of the song. So, you know, I, I, I would definitely say it's the ear. Um, and I just wanted to grow. You know, I was, uh, as I mentioned, a hip hop lover. So my first tracks, G Unit, Dipset, Cameron, Jim Jones, you know, Mike Jones, all, a lot of hip hop artists. And I just wanted to grow. I didn't want to be boxed in as a musician and as a producer. I wanted to uh, explore other genres and I challenged myself to do that, which is how I was able to create and do records uh, for Chris Brown and Trey Songs and a CeeLo Green and a Keisha Cole, you know, uh, Danity Kane and artists of that, of that nature. I love that. So you already said it never get too comfortable, but also to keep challenging yourself. I feel like that was the lesson there because you potentially could have capped your career if you weren't open to doing that. So right. at this point, how, cause I'm listening to you name all of these artists. I don't even think I knew you produced for all of these people in total. Now, how many placements do you have? Um, I, it's, it's, it's records. It's really, it's really hard to put together. That's, you know, what you asking me that maybe as, as we're still in the pandemic, I'll take time to actually think about every record, which would probably be nuts. But if we, if we thinking about artists, um, it's, I, I would normally say, and it's easier to say that way that I've been blessed to produce for all, over 100 major artists. Um, and it's, you know, and it's, and it's crazy, man, because it could range from, it could be, again, like Foxy Brown, uh, Maya, uh, Justin Bieber, Mike Jones, Paul Wall, The Game, you know, CeeLo Green, Chris Brown, Trey Songs, Young and May, Danity Kane, Papoose, Remy Ma, um, you know, and as you see, it's all different genres, it's, it's different regions, you know, with me having a record, I'm from New York, so to work with 50, to work with Dipset, you know, it's Busta, it's my area, you know, and then, you know, I'll move, I'll move over to like T.I. and Jeezy, with them being down in Atlanta, and then I, you know, get to work with Paul Wall, Mike Jones, Slim Thug, who's on, you know, the Houston side of things, and then, you know, incorporate the game, and, you know, Lil Easy E, so... Um, and that's kind of what I wanted to really accomplish as a producer, not being boxed into one, one sound, one style, one region. Uh, I wanted to be able to be able to create for everybody, any and everybody in regards to artistry is concerned. So, yeah. What are your thoughts on ownership within the music industry? Oh, uh, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's the thing to do. It's not the easiest thing to do, especially for artists that uh, come from the era that I've come from and even before me and before my time, you know, it was really hard to do at that time. Um, but, you know, nowadays is it's a little easier, um, you know, to own your own stuff, your own material, your own masters. Um, you know, right now artists can record a song right now, go to master and mix it tonight and have a debut of that record tomorrow, you know, on all platforms. And that's kind of where we are today versus where we were 19 years ago when I first started, you know, it cost a lot of money to press up CDs or to press up vinyl or to get something distributed, you know, to the, to, to the, to the masses. Um, so it's a lot, a lot more accessible now. Um, so that's why I see, we see more 
artists nowadays being more independent, like Young M.A. We working with Young M.A. You know, she's an independent artist. She's always been an independent artist. Um, and it's worked for her. And it's not easy, you know, for those that are tuned in. It's not easy to be an independent artist because you, you're you responsible for everything. Everything. The, the videos, the, 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 the studio, the paying the artists, I mean, the paying the producers. And, you know, you're going on tour, you need, you know, your tour bus, your tour routing, putting the shows together, like your marketing, your branding, everything, you know, you're responsible for. So, you know, it's cool to go the indie route, but make sure that you're, that you're ready and you're willing and able to invest in yourself because it's going to take quite, you know, amount of finances and, and a certain workload and hustle in order for you to accomplish it as a as a indie artist. Facts. What other advice do you have for um, aspiring producers? Um, you know, I always say, you know, it's always dope to be you. Um, and it's not always easy. It's easier said than done because there's so much influence out, you know, whether it's a producer, whether it's an artist or a creative indi- individual period. Like, you know, you're always going to be inspired by someone else who does something that you do. Um, but, you know, the key to me is, 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 is just being you. Like at the end of the day, that's your superpower where there's, there's only one Amadeus, you know what I'm saying? There's only one Bobby pin, you know, um, and that's the gift that we have. That's the gift that God blessed us and allow us to have, which is this fingerprint, you know, that no one else has in the world besides me. Uh, so just be real, be you, be authentic, whatever you feel in your body, mind, heart, soul, you know, put it, put it there musically, you know, give the world you, give the world your true being, uh, your true self. And that's how, that's what I feel is one of the things in regards to being successful in anything that you do. Um, as a producer, you know, it's tough, man. You got to really have a, a really, a real strong work ethic. And again, it's bigger than just being in the studio all day. It's about networking. It's about research, seeing who's working on what, who's working on this, who's the manager, who's the A&R, who's the label, if the artist is independent, how do you get to them directly? So it's a lot of different tools that you have to take uh, and, and ways that you have to take to get to, you know, becoming a successful anything. Uh, and I know we're talking about producers. So, you know, space for everybody. I say that, you know, no need to be intimidated by anything or anyone. Uh, you know, just do you. Do you do you to the best of your ability and hustle and hustle and hustle. You know, and I guarantee you there's a spot for you somewhere, somehow. And, and Research is a very important, and I know I mentioned that before, mm-hmm. but everybody chases the same thing sometimes, musically, you know, you chase, you know, whoever you feel are your favorite artists are, you know, the Jay-Z's, the Rick Ross's, the Trey Songs, Chris Brown's, and of course, it's amazing, it's a blessing to be able to work with those artists, but there's so many other artists around the world, bigger than, you know, bigger than New York, bigger than the United States of America, that have talent as well, that have budgets as well, that's focused, that handles great, that does great business, that you can tap into it as well. Besides, you know, chasing those artists that everybody else is chasing, you know, and if you could be responsible for blowing up a new artist or someone that people are not familiar with and be the producer, male or female, responsible for that person's success musically, you know, that's definitely another route you can take. So I can go on and on and on. But, you know, those are some of the things that I feel, you know, can can allow a producer, you know, male or female uh, to be successful in the music, in the music industry and business. How do you think COVID-19 has impacted the industry? I know artists usually, from my understanding, make the most money from touring, but they we can't tour right now because venues aren't open. Right. So what are your thoughts on like how the industry will be transformed after? It's, it's different. You know, it's different. Um, and I think we're all adjusting and adapting to what can possibly be the new way of life. Uh, for right now at this moment, you know, 
um, you know, me being a resident artist at Dre's nightclub, you know, Dre's nightclub and all of the nightclubs and all of the venues and, and all of the tours are canceled, excuse me, and shut down. Um, so it's a, it's a tough time. It's a tough time. But I think the only way we'll be able to go back to normal or what we would consider, you know, somewhat normal is for them to get a hold, you know, on, on the COVID-19 to really get an understanding of what it is and how you can protect yourself and how people can live their lives, you know, within this, because I don't, it's never, it's not leaving, you know, it's not something that's going anywhere. It's just like, you know, the flu virus where, you know, the flu virus has, has been killing uh, people, unfortunately for years and we learn to live through it and around it. Um, so I think it's kind of something similar to that, uh, maybe more potent, maybe more deadly, or it could be that way based off of the fact that, again, everyone is still trying to understand and figure out this virus. So, you know, we weren't moving as, as we're moving now when, you know, when the flu was moving around the last, think about it, the last decade, everybody got comfortable, everybody got back to reality and, and we moved. So I see the same thing happening for this. It's just going to kind of take some time, uh, but, you know. Everybody's adapting, but the music in the music industry and the entertainment world in general definitely took a large, pretty big hit. Um, and, you know, we're, we're just all trying to figure it out and, and grateful to have social media as a platform to be seen and heard and, and to tap into other things. So, you know, all we can do is remain prayerful, you know, be ready uh, so that, you know, once again, once it's safe again to do what we do and do what we love and travel and tour the world and perform, you know, we'll be able to get back to doing that. Nice. So you've worked with over 100 artists. Who's on your list that you would like to work with next? Um, Jay-Z, Rick Ross, um, Usher, Beyonce, Mary Mary, Erica Campbell of Mary Mary, Kurt Franklin. Um, um, I, like, I love Mario. There's a lot of artists that I, that I really think are dope. Migos, uh, the, the Baby, um, Lil Baby. Uh, I like Sweetie. Sweetie is really dope. I like Meg Thee Stallion. Um, so it's quite, you know, I got a, a good amount of good, pretty decent list. Big Sean. It's always been on my radar. Um, you know, so I got a pretty decent list, man. And that, you know, that, that grows each and every single day. Um, so, yeah, man, we'll, we'll see what happens. And there's a lot of new artists uh, that are doing their thing as well that I kind of got my eye on. Uh, artist named Lady London. Um, yes, she is everything. It's pretty dope. A few artists for, from overseas that I like. I think it's, her name is Paigey Cakey, if I'm not mistaken. It's pretty dope from London. Um, so this, this, you know, there's this, this, this a lot of talent out here, man. Some that we know, some that we don't know of. And that's why I always keep my ear to the streets, keep my ear to the indie world and the new and up and coming artists. Because uh, you just never know, you know, the gems that are out there and that's ready to go, you know? Facts. I, lo I love that you're keeping your ear to the street and that, first of all, that you had your list ready. As soon as oh, yeah, I'm, ready. I'm ready. And I, I love that. I'm, I'm glad you asked that question. And, you know, and that's how you got to be in life, man. You know, you, you know, you, you can't sit around wondering and hoping, right? You know, you, you of course, you want to hope and you want to think positively and speak and believe things into existence, but you got to be ready, you know? Uh, so when you ask that question, I'm ready and I'm ready for, you know, with the music, and, and I have everything that's necessary and what it takes, you know, to work alongside those artists to, to create, you know, incredible songs and incredible music. So I'm ready to go, man. You, you got to be ready. You got to be fearless. Uh, and you got to believe in yourself that, you know, anything is possible and that, and that you can do anything. 
think we had a really great conversation. I appreciate you for sharing your expertise, your wisdom, um, and just some insight into your journey. Definitely wish you much continued success, King. Like you're amazing. Thank you so much, Queen. You and are as well. Still you just the beginning. Well. <laughs> you are as well, man. And, and and salute to you on all that you've been doing, all that you've done, all that you have on the way. You know, we follow each other on the gram, so I see you doing great things. And again, I saw what you were doing. I saw the topic um, and the vision of, of, of what you built here. And I was like, yo, I got to be a part of that because it's something different. And I think it's something that really needs a spotlight on and, and for you to focus on. So I'm glad that, you know, you followed your heart, you follow what God gave you and, and we're here. You know, anybody can ask me a million things over and over and over again, but it's conversations like these that really, you know, allow me and people like you interview to dig deep and to really give information that's really needed, especially like times like these. So thank you, Queen, for oh, what you do, thank man. You. Much love and success to you. Before you go, tell everybody where they can follow you online, visit your website, anything else you want to drop. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Instagram is where I'm at. Uh, Amadeus, A-M-A-D-E-U-S, P-B-M. P-B-M standing for Platinum Boy Music. That's my IG, Amadeus P-B-M. Also, my other page on Instagram is Platinum Boy Music. Uh, on IG, on Twitter, it's Producer Amadeus. Producer spelled the regular way. Amadeus, of course, spelled A-M-A-D-E-U-S. Uh, and that's, you know, pretty much where you can find me. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time, Amadeus. Thank you, Queen. Hey there. Thanks for listening. If you've made it this far in the podcast, I'm going to take it you like what you've heard. So go ahead and subscribe now. While you're at it, think about supporting this podcast with a monthly subscription. Head over to anchor.fm slash bobbypin and click the support button to learn more. Thanks so much for your support.